Hello, welcome again to Comic Connoisseurs. Tonight we'll be talking about Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. Your host and my co-host, Jason Saskatoon. Good evening. Red is still out. Uh, lots of stuff. Uh, you know, if you want to show up as a temporary third host, uh, just uh, send us a message on the website. Uh, so, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. I was looking forward to this, not because of Doctor Strange, not because of Benedict Cumberbatch, because of Sam Raimi. Um, Sam Raimi famously had a big falling out with uh, with big producers because of Spider-Man 3, where uh, Raimi wanted to do a story with, I believe it was the Vulture, and he wanted John Malkovich. That is correct. And the studio said, no, we want to do multiple villains. We want to bog it down. We want to have Venom. Everyone loves Venom. Um, I'm kind of on Raimi's uh, side here when he says he thinks Venom is not interesting. I think the concept of Venom is not interesting. I think that uh, the way Venom has been portrayed in the comics is very not interesting. And the fact that Venom was originally meant to be a woman kind of gets glossed over by the historians. <laughs> Kind of funny. Um, the one thing... I, what, go ahead. I was going to say, I, I agree and disagree with his feelings about Venom. You know, I've spoken about this a few times on the show before. Like, I didn't hate, hate, hate. I just, I was not a big fan of uh, Topher Grace's Venom. I, I liked his Eddie Brock fine because I figured he should be like a dark mirror to Peter Parker kind of thing. But the way they should have ended that movie was... Peter getting rid of the suit after dealing with Sandman and then you know like I said the the final shot of the film should be Eddie as Venom leaping at the screen you know scene because that would have been a great way and then you could have gotten Venom on down the line you know have him be like this weird presence in the fourth one with Malkovich because I would have loved Malkovich as the, as the vulture and but yeah they the studio basically was like Marvel and DC have famously stolen from each other's playbooks many times over the years. So they were the way they did the Spider-Man movies, especially with the third one. It's that, that that's the Batman formula. Cause it worked for Warner brothers and they still made bank. And, you know, here we are now with Sam Raimi, you know, giving it another go. So, and like I said, the fact that he had such a falling out with, superhero movies as a whole and big studio productions as a whole and the fact that uh, Sam Raimi is a famous Steve Ditko fan like he is a big Steve Ditko fanboy um, and back to this Raimi Spider-Man films lots of people would use the word you know corny to describe them as certain people that are like uh, really bad YouTube uh, comic book movie reviewers would say corny. I, I think the word that the correct word to use is sincere. That the three, the Raimi trilogy, even with the shaky third entry, has a sincerity to the the theme, the settings, and the uh, set pieces that you don't see in many modern superhero hero movies, superhero movies anymore. I think that that is something that people just don't realize and when I heard that he was brought in to do Doctor Strange 2, knowing he's a Steve Ditko fanboy, knowing he has a certain sincerity in the works he does, I had high hopes. 
especially since one of the things he always said was he never wanted to get that level of studio interference ever again after Spider-Man 3. And I assumed the only reason he came back was he was given like a blank check to do what he wanted. And then I found out other things about the fact that he's coming in at the, you know, coming in to pick up a project. And this isn't originally, we want Sam Raimi to do a Dr. Strange movie because he's a Steve Ditko fan. And we love his work on Spider-Man. It's basically, we want Sam Raimi because he's a big name. He's known to be a superhero fan. And the original director quit. Well, yeah, I mean, the original director of uh, Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness was going to be uh, Scott Derrickson, who's going to reprise that role from the first film, along with his uh, co... He co-wrote the first script, and he was co-writing the script for this one, along with his writing partner, C. Robert Cargill, who also hosts a pretty nifty movie podcast, Junk Food Cinema, if our listeners want to try something new, I highly recommend it. And... I don't know exactly what it was, but it's the classic, you know, you know, what do you call it? They parted ways because they couldn't work, work together with Marvel and, and might be something on his part that he was unwilling to give in to certain notes or Marvel may have been putting too much pressure on him to, you know, produce certain things they were looking for. But the point is he decided to, you know, wish you all the best and him and Cargill, took off and then they brought in uh was just looking at the writer here waldron and Raimi came in afterwards michael waldron the famously the writer they came in afterwards and you know it picked up and then everything went to hell because of the pandemic and god bless them they finally got this put together although i think they were on hold for most of 20 20 and a large part of 2021 or might only been the first couple of months of 2021 but eventually they got working on it concluded i think it's april last year and now we got dr strange too and i liked it i mean i know did you like the film then i'm sort of it, it was okay and I, I want to explain this because uh, I was give, that's why I was giving the background of the production. Um, it wasn't what I was expecting because I was expecting Sam Raimi with a blank check, but it wasn't that. It was definitely Sam Raimi in the confines of having the color inside the box of a standard Marvel movie MCU production. And... Other than a couple of really obvious Sam Raimi cross dissolves, which is something that he was very famous for, you know, just watch Dark Man, you'll know what I'm talking about. Um, you don't really get a sense of Sam Raimi until the third act, and then it felt like the the uh, producers were like, okay, yeah, you know what, Sam, we, we sort of had you tied down for two thirds of this film. We're just gonna let you do the third act, and we're gonna sit on her hands and just mumble and not say anything and let you do it the way you want. Um, I wanted to like this film because there were lots of things I really wanted to see with the premise and the idea of dimensional hopping with Dr. Strange trying to figure out the, the 
perils and potential collapse of the multiverse, that wasn't what we got. Like, I'll be honest with you, other than what they call the 616 universe, which is actually, what was it, the 18,000 blah, blah, And that's blah. all been called into question because, like, originally Earth 616, or the Marvel Comics universe was dubbed Earth 616 in uh, a Captain Marvel story or not captain marvel story captain britain's story that came in a marvel uk title called the daredevils back in the day and that's basically where the naming conventions of the marvel comics universe started like and the only ones i really remember is you know main universe marvel 616 the ultimate universe is 1610 uh but I mean, the, the naming thing, it never really wasn't really a big thing for me. In fact, I think in some ways, like saying definitely for years, Comics Marvel was 616 and then saying that the movie universe is 616. And it's confusing because it's it's like you're trying to limit such an expansive concept as the multiverse or just to lock certain stories down that like these happen in this universe and. Like, it's ultimately, it's just kind of confusing. But yeah, throughout the film, like, the basic plot, uh, give it a quick rundown before we get going here, is Stephen discovers this uh, young woman named America Chavez, who I find in, infinitely more likable in the movie than the comics books version, uh, is being chased through the streets of New York by this giant uh, octopus demon. That is not Shumagora. That is not Shuma Goroth, although that's really just a rights thing. But whatever, with the Robert E. Howard estate. And he rescues her, and he takes her to Comertage and converses with Wong. And they figure, well, it's the multiverse, because America's power is she has this innate born ability to punch star-shaped holes in the fabric of reality and go from this universe to the next. It's and, essentially Kuwabara's spirit sword from uh, Yu Yu Hakusho, but as a punch. I have not watched one episode of that series, so I'm just going to agree with you. Uh, so they go. Strange goes to Wanda, who we find very quickly is has become consumed. Well, not consumed, but she's been corrupted by the Darkhold that she got at the end of WandaVision. She's dead nasty evil now. Yeah, you can tell because her fingertips are all stained black from the corruption of her soul. And I, I do like the twist of that. Just hear me out i i like the twist it's like wanda's the villain i could have never seen that coming says 90 percent of the movie viewing audience even though those of us who have read the comics for years and are familiar with the dark hold know that it doesn't matter how pure you are you use the dark hold you forfeit your soul so i kind of i wouldn't say i called it called it but at the end you know where she's you know uh and she hears her boy's voice and I was like oh she's going to be the villain in Doctor Strange too and I'm not mad with that it's just you know I knew that coming in because I've read way too many comics in my life but Wanda goes on the war path uh, America and Strange escape they end up in Earth what we find out is Earth 838 where Doctor Strange is seen as the Earth's mightiest hero and he is thought to have saved the universe from Thanos, but then American Strange are captured by the Illuminati 
which is consisting of uh, this universe's Mordo, uh, Captain Carter, Anson Mount back. Uh, I, I would I would dare say redeeming his performance in the uh, horrible Inhuman series as playing Black Bolt again. Couldn't even um, really tell it was him because of just how like the mask. Yeah, but it, but it is him. Uh, Maria Rambo instead of Monica Rambo as Captain Marvel. We got the John Krasinski Reed Richards, and I really I don't think this is a lock that he's going to play Reed in the eventual movie, but I would really like to see that. And of course, we get Sir Patrick Freakin Stewart as Charles Xavier. They even play a yeah. They get the the X Men cartoon uh, series music, and we get the yellow floaty chair. Wanda uses the dark hold to dream walk, which is like a super version of Astro projecting into the Wanda of this universe who comes for America. Cause she's going to suck out her power and find a universe where her, she can be with her boys. And by the end of it, strange breaks the rules, uses the dark hold for himself, rescues America. Wanda seemingly sacrifices herself to destroy the dark hold across the infinite expanse of the multiverse and Strange grows a third eye just before meeting uh, this mysterious woman all in purple who takes him back into the dark dimension. If I even have to tell you who that character is, you have never read a single Doctor Strange comic in your life. <laughs> now, let, let me talk about the, the where I have problems with the film. Because, again, as a Raimi fanboy, as a Ditko fanboy, I wanted to come in thinking, okay, here we go, this is going to be great. But... What we have here is another, we're setting up pieces for the next big crossover movie. Secret Wars. Yes. As soon as they introduce the multiverse. Again, comic fans know this. Uh, but yeah, and I'll talk a little more about Secret Wars towards the end of the show. Let's concentrate on the movie. And I, I want to be predisposed to love this movie, but it just kept on fumbling the ball. Um the blip is still a thing that's discussed. And every time they mention a blip, the more and more I think, well, gee, it actually is way more selfish for Tony Stark. The only guy in the whole planet that got a happy ending to keep his happy ending, but let the whole fucking world like wallow in their bad endings because because fuck you, he has a kid now, and, and but everyone else loses brothers and 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 sons and sisters and mothers. I don't think of it a happy ending though. Like he he got a little bit of happiness with Morgan and you know Pepper, but yeah. But I mean that's a huge thing to. I think that's really it's too. It's kind of a huge thing to say that you know he got a happy. It's like he he was better off than most. Yeah, but I I did like that thing where dr nicodemus came back and honestly it's one it's a very small thing but the the i can't remember the actor's name that played michael stuhlbarg i really liked his performance as or sorry dr west it's nicodemus was but that moment was like he asked that question i'm sure many people asked that of the surviving avengers and dr strange like was that really the best choice and you know all things being equal, it was the best choice that it was the best option they had at the time. I mean, he it didn't was go the, through like it was the only option to get Iron Man on board to do it because he would refuse to do it unless 
he got to keep what he had. Like there was almost extortion for the rest of. Not, no, it's not extortion. I, I, that, it's that's just, my opinion. I, that's my opinion. Yeah, that's how I'm just it feels. I, I don't fe- think it is extortion. I feel, I feel like, like, for anyone because the world is fucked. The world is still fucked. Like, other than the fact that we see that Peter Parker is able to go on a on a, on a European vacation, the impression we get from every series post Endgame is the world is still fucked like like we we saw in uh, in uh, falcon and winter soldier with the global repatriation yeah council. yeah the, the globe yeah the world is fucked uh, the, down to the point where, where sam can't you know doesn't have two pennies to rub together to, to help to help his family business but but we saw an endgame. Tony Stark lives in a very nice and comfy uh, log cabin in the middle of nowhere and has this idyllic life. And and he got to keep he got to keep and die with his idyllic life intact, while everyone else got fucked. Like like I'm sorry, I I don't want to turn this into. It's 30, not like he was minutes. the only one that got off like that then. In the world, I mean, like. Well, I, I, I hate to use a a. Uh, a a, uh, a phrase that has been used to death ten years ago, but but literally it's the one percent letting the ninety nine percent wallow for his own happy ending, and that's disgusting to me. And it's not what a hero should be; uh, it's what a self centered person should be. And the whole idea of Tony Stark is, you know, is you know what do you do when when you have to lay on the wire? And he's like, I'm going to cut the wire. I mean. The whole idea is he's supposed to discover the ability of self-sacrifice, and I don't mean sacrificing yourself, but sacrificing everything for the good of others. Uh, but let's move on from that tangent and to back to Doctor Strange. Um, I like the, doctor, the I doc, like, like, sorry, I, I like the fact. I, can, you go. Okay, I like the fact that it showed that Christine moved on without him. Uh, I like the fact that it showed that the relationship was always blurry, that it never had a defined we're dating, defined we were engaged. It was basically the fact that, as we saw in the first Doctor Strange movie, he was a narcissist, and she was trying to form a codependency with him because she wasn't stable on her own either. And away from him, she was able to figure out her life. He away from her was able to figure out his own life and heal himself physician heal thyself but he's not happy because he doesn't have her like and part of me liked that part of me liked the fact that it showed that that becoming a whole person doesn't mean you're a happy person that that, that comes later that's the next step um yeah. go ahead well, well, I say just to finish Dr. West like I said he asked that question and again I agree with you like you, you can tell in the way that you know, Christine sees Stephen as she's walking down the aisle, and he's looking at her with, you know, the "I still love you" eyes, and she's like, "Oh, nice, Stephen's here." But, and that was great. Like the 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 relationship they had, it wasn't so much said in the first movie. I think it was definitely expressed in the words that you know she loves him, but she can't be live with him, you know, because of his attitude. Like the line she used here is like, "You always have to be the one to hold the knife." And I like that 
especially when it comes from 838 Christine, who's a little more self-assured. Uh, you know, she's been through some shit with the whole Thanos thing, and she's working for, you know, the Baxter Foundation. I, I literally heard somebody shout, fuck yeah, in the theater when that came out, and I was like, all right, all right brother, I'm there with you, but you know, this isn't what it's going to take. It's going to be the Baxter, Baxter building, but whatever. Uh, the relate it's not so much that he wanted her i forget what she said exactly but the idea that he still hadn't moved on completely like he's still clinging to that hope that for you know he's he's never going to get his hands fixed he's a sorcerer you know he's protector of the world but you know he's hoping he can get that much of his life back that he can get that little slice of happiness and by the end of the film, after, you know, the stuff he pulls with, you know, using the dark hole to dreamwalk, which is like the first rule of magical fight club, don't dreamwalk. It's seen as like the ultimate sin. And, you know, he pays back like in the movie, it's you're corrupted by the dark hole. You don't outright lose your soul like in the comics. But, you know, he develops an actual third eye. And but it's symbolized by the fact that he replaces that watch the the watch face like he fixes his watch you know he does it himself and he's accepted that you know he won't be with christine and he moves on and that's rare for marvel movies of before spider-man because you, you see what the end of spider-man like peter realizes you know, he accepted the fact that great with great power there must always come great responsibility and he kept trying to get back what he had and he ultimately realized he can't so he had strange make everyone forget me not spider-man just peter parker and everyone's life kind of bettered for it. and i think maybe some element of that maybe resonated with the character of dr strange going into these events here and then, you know, I, I love the sigh. He downs his martini. He's about to meet Christine's new husband, who apparently is a huge Doctor Strange fan, which that's sounds kind of creepy, doesn't it, when, when your new husband is, like, a huge fan of your ex? Yeah. You know? But, you know, I love that sigh. He downs the martini. He has here, hold this. And he just, like, GTFOs over the, over the balcony and flies off to save the day. Now... Of the way they express the magic in the film, uh, me being a very, I wouldn't say pedestrian sort of guy, but, you know, I like i like to be entertained. I, I love the visual of him generating uh, the saw, the magic saw blade that cuts the bus in half. Well, it's a Sam Raimi film. You have to have a saw. Well, yeah, and, and, and an individual to wield that saw, but we'll get to him. Uh, but what, as I say, as far as the magical effects or some of the spells used, like what's visually with the magic, at least something you liked in the film, or was there something that you liked in the film? I like the fact that when we saw the first Doctor Strange in the dream, uh, Defender Strange is what the fans call him, um, that his color magic was different. It was, I, I believe it was like, what was it, white? Or bluish white, something like yeah. that? Yeah, well, uh. Well, every time we see Doctor Strange in his movie and the past movies, his is like orangish, you know, glowing orangish uh, color. So it was nice to see that, uh, you know, the concept that magic fundamentally has a different color in certain universes was an interesting idea I liked. Um, 
Let's Lost see. your train of thought? Well, that's one thing I liked about the magic. Yeah. The other thing I I kind of liked the musical show, showdown, but I felt like the concept of using music as as an offensive magic, while it's a very cool concept, while it's an interesting concept, I wasn't sure if it was implying that that's something Doctor Strange could do in any universe, or was that was music fundamentally a part of magic in that universe? I think that was really just uh, some sort of magical sonic attack, uh, like how uh, our like heroes, like Doctor Strange, uses, and it's this very melodic, pleasing sound. And you can tell that because like good magic in the Marvel Cinematic Universe has that kind of yellowish orange tint to it, and evil or dark magic seems to track across the multiverse because Sinister Strange, which is what Marvel is named. Uh, this evil version of Doctor Strange, he's fighting this like super creepy haunted house version of the Sanctum, uh, has like the dark purple and it has that dun, 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 like the Phantom of the Opera riff. I really appreciated that nod. And uh, that was a cool thing. I did like the uh, Strange uh, kind of having, because it's Benedict Cumberbatch, and this is what I saw it as, is how he kind of. It wasn't a magic spell, but how he almost Sherlocked his way out of the handcuffs, like figuring out what's what's going on, and then the fighting with Mordo and all that. Because most of the the magic spells that we see in the film, out aside from Wanda, we've seen very much before, like where she assaults Kamertage, and they're all casting the shield spell to uh, cover the school, and then we get into the first really Sam Raimi-esque uh, moments in the film. Like it, I thought it was cool when Wanda waved her hand and like the, the revelation that the area she's living in has been like polluted, corrupted by the Darkhold's magic. But where they start doing the, the quick cuts and the Dutch angles and, you know, it's the evil dead moment of the film where she assaults the inner sanctum of Camertage. I also thought it was really creepy where after they trap her in the mirror dimension, she crawls out of the glass. That, yeah. And I think it's like, that is straight up evil dead and I'm here for it. See yeah. to me, to me, while those are nods, especially the, the cross dissolve they did with Wong walking forward again, stuff you would have seen in dark man. I feel like the real Sam Raimi rings were loose moment started with the third act where spoilers, by the way, we're, we're spoiling the fuck out of it in case you don't already know was when Doctor Strange trapped in uh, in uh, Sinister Strange's universe. And, by the way, they had to make very clear that was Sinister Strange, not Supreme Strange from What If, um, where he possesses Defender Strange's dead body in his universe. Uh, just the second that you saw those eyes open up in the shallow grave with the light with a bar of light just over the eyes. It's like, yeah, we got, we got, we got evil dead. This is not, and people call it zombie strange, but the acting, the makeup job, the mannerisms, it's deadite strange. Yeah. I mean, I'm, I'm comfortable with either label zombie strange or deadite strange. You can call him Ed, just evil dead strange, but, but uh, yeah, no, it's, he, he gets, uh, Heroes like our strange, you know, defeats Sinister Strange, throws him out into the vortex because 
his world is uh, slowly being destroyed by an incursion again more on that in a bit uh, and Strange commits magical I don't want to say uh, I guess not seppuku but magical treason by using the dreamwalk spell and yeah you, I, again Ben is uh, 100% correct that is Deadite Strange but I do love the he's like the where 838 Christine was like this is wrong you know you can't possess it and he said who said he had to be living yeah and and honestly i did not i thought this was going to be a separate character unto strange himself that showed up but oh that's why he buried the body but just the way he said it and then the the sam raiminess of the resurrection even the scene where he fights like the souls of the damn that are coming to punish him for dreamwalking who I looking at the wiki here very much they are uh, voiced by some of his frequent collaborators in his works. Yeah, one, one of them sounded like the uh, dead-eyed woman that said, "I'll swallow your soul." Yeah, because uh, two of them it's uh, producer Richie Palmer and uh, Scott Spiegel, who's a screenwriter, director, producer. Uh, but yeah, they do that, and then Strange harnesses their souls into his own evil version of the cloak of levitation and i really dig that uh the overall what did you think of them mount wondegore being like it's a mountain and they've got like this evil you know ghoul or gozer-esque temple to kathon the demonic entity which originally wrote the Darkhold. Like, what did you think just of the look of the crumbling temple there? Like, did it's you a, like it's that? A, it's a good look. It's a good look. Um, but uh, one thing I have to say is I feel like the movie makers were in an intangible position with this movie. How so? Um, the one thing you don't want to do with a Marvel movie is require homework. Um and I think that the Raimi, the producers, everybody tried really hard to make this a homework-free assignment. Um, but I felt that more with the Illuminati than this moment, honestly. But, but I, I don't. I'm not talking about Wondergore. I'm talking about uh, the fact that you need to. You don't need to, but it would help a lot if you at least had a Cliff Notes version of Wandavision in your head before you saw this because let's yeah. let, let's say you saw in game and the last time you saw the scarlet witch oh look look she, she's a hero still she's mad but she's a hero still and you watch these movies you got to see her going from a terrorist to a, a hero to an avenger and 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 reluctant about using her powers and in the civil war and then suddenly oh now she's dang nasty evil um that that's the part i they 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 mentioned Westview. They sort of they did it because they didn't want to give you a ten minute refresher of Wandavision. I just also found it really strange that you have this whole thing about Wanda looking for her ideal world for her kids, but Paul Bettany was he was he busy or something? They they, they couldn't get him for like a few well, minutes. Well, that 
I was hoping you're going to bring that up because that goes back to what we were speaking of at the top of the show with uh, Spider-Man 3 and it being bogged down with too many characters. Now, sadly, I agree with you that, you know, it would have been better to even have like when Strange wakes up from his nightmare slash viewing his uh, alternates uh, death in the multiverse, you know, he's getting dressed and you have like you see a TV flicker in the background and you know, investigators are still looking for Wanda Maximoff, you know, after, you know, to, you know, she has, has not been made to answer for her crimes with Westview and all that. I, that's literally like when they don't do that in films, like, so we don't get a complete recap, but at least we get that much. And the fact they didn't have Paul Bettany vision in here, uh, I would have been much better, but, Sadly, I think that would have probably added, I'm going to be generous and say 20 minutes to the film that we might not necessarily have needed. I understand what you're saying, but as simple as having just his voice shouting up from upstairs saying, honey, you ready for bed? Yeah, but again, it's like going to like the news report and like just having that, like it's these little things and... It, it's either bad writing or penny pinching micromanagement from you know the studio so yeah it would have been better if vision was in there although like we see uh towards the conclusion of the film where wanda sacrifices herself to collapse wondagore te the temple and use her power to reach out across the multiverse and destroy every version of the dark hold out there okay sure why not I mean, she's got incredible mystic power that she can reach across the infinite expanse of existence and possess another version of herself. So who's to say she couldn't do that? Is she dead? Probably not. Did she save herself? Possibly. I think it's more likely a certain uh, albino son of a bitch came in the last second, or at least that's how they're going to explain it when we see her again, if they bother explaining it when we see her again. If they want to. I mean, I, yeah. I, I got to be honest with you. Um We were promised a, a multitude multiverse of madness, and we only got one and a half new worlds out of this. Um, Plus that stuff in the uh, the the uh, the multiversal traversal uh, montage there, which again I agree with you. We could have used a couple more worlds, but then that bogged down the weight. I, but yeah. part of the bogging down the weight is is think of it this way we've been talking about the implications of multiverse mystical multiplication uh mystical mystical uh uh multiplication not multiplication what's the word for uh uh consequences to the multiverse mm -hmm. to traversing the multiverse there are consequences to it there's consequences to meddling with it there's consequences to even peaking with it um but you know, that's what we've been talking about. That's what, you know, the magic users have. Like like Wanda and Steven, there are consequences to meddling with the multiverse. And we've been talking about Steven, we've been talking about uh, Wanda, we've been talking about Wong, we've been talking about the Illuminati, but we haven't said one word about America Chavez, the girl who is the key to everything. Yeah. Again, so, like, we got America Chavez with, you know, 
amongst many things, they're who building towards the Young was, Avengers. Who decided she was Hispanic because she liked tacos in the comics, by the way. I'm really not going to speak to that because that just sounds like a black hole of no one's going to come out happy. <laughs> you know, I just... You know how both of us get, Ben. I'm just saying... But no, I like I said before, I like America Chavez in this like the Marvel Cinematic Universe version. Uh, you know, we meet her. We don't know what her deal is initially, but we know she's a person of interest because you got that weird uh, mummy looking creature of mystical wrappings, which I thought was like the Crimson Bands of Sidorak or something and might very well have been. For all we know, it's never actually named. But, you know, the way her powers are shown with the star portals, you know, she's kind of got the look from the comics. Uh, she's forever searching the multiverse for her two mothers. Uh, looks like they're standing. I hope they stick with the uh, her origin here, which is the original origin in the comics, which was then retconned to be that she was always from Earth 616 in the comics. Believe me, it's a rabbit hole. Just read it up yourself, folks. But I, I liked her attitude, and she didn't, like, give in right away to a lot of times when you see movies with this story of where an older, more experienced person who's somewhat jaded in the ways of the world is forced to take in this spitfire younger person who needs their help. And usually the kid acquiesces to the direction of the adult very quickly in most stories here she she keeps her spunk she keeps her energy but she doesn't i don't think she comes off as annoying if, if this had been the straight one-to-one -one from the comics version i would have been wanting to punch the character by now because i don't like america chavez in the comics it's not it's not because she's you know bisexual it's not because she's a woman of color it's the attitude it's not, it's that she shows because up. she comes from lesbian parents it's the fact that she's written as as a bitch. as yeah as as a self-righteous bitch who who feels like she's always right and only because of plot convenience she is right if if that attitude was her attitude with any other writer without the without the uh, without the condition she has to be right she would be proven wrong over and over again and be treated almost like uh, fuck uh, early hawkeye yeah, so I, I I liked America in here. I mean, how did you feel about? Uh, I am not. I'm going to say Miss Gomez because I am not going to insult her by trying to pronounce that first name because I have no I, idea how to say that. I think the character in and of itself is a plot convenience. I think that uh, I think that her role in the movie could have easily been fulfilled by a magic book that had the power to open the multiverse could have been replaced by a necklace like for a movie that's trying to be her origin movie for the MCU her role is a MacGuffin like the girl who is the key to everything is she other than other than like dead parents lost in the multiverse there's nothing to her you could easily replace her and the exposition for her to make it a, a stronger doctor strange movie by making her a necklace that lets you traverse the multiverse yeah that's that, that that's just lazy and, and it's not her origin this is her introduction i'm sure we'll get a 
more fully fleshed out origin in the young Avengers movie. Cause tell me that isn't coming. Uh, but the, you know, you, we see the flash, the, the memory lane sequence, which I thought was like, okay, that's the exposition cool. sidewalk. Yeah. The exposition sidewalk. I, I like memory lane better, uh, where you see her origin. I, Oh, there will be, Oh no. What's that? Oh, there will be, she got freaked out what you could handle bees when you were a kid because I knew bees flew and they stung people and it hurt like hell and I didn't want that as a child either but you know it was in that moment she discovered she had these powers that sucked her two moms into the infinite expanse of the multiverse and then she got sucked in after him she's been trying you know she's got that scrappy kind of almost let uh, me at him let me at him punky Brewster kind of attitude to her show or cartoon yeah i know but we don't talk about that cartoon character on this show ben we also don't talk about slider season five but in that that we got that origin and you see strange because of everything with you know peter and the avengers and the universe almost grinding to a complete halt you know he he handles it a lot better here than like strange if this had happened like right after the first doctor strange movie and thanos hadn't happened yet he would have been (laughs) even more of an asshole but overall i i didn't mind her uh miss gomez's performance uh how she played off i did like the kind of you know the camaraderie the how she played off of benedict wong and cumberbatch here and even the little interaction she had with, uh, you know, Christine Palmer, uh, Elizabeth, not Elizabeth Olsen, uh, Rachel McAdams. Jesus, and get my redheads mixed up. That almost never happens. But uh, what, what about uh, Rachel McAdams? Like, how, how did you feel about Christine Palmer in this one versus the first? I got to be honest with you. I feel like I like the fact that Rachel McAdams is a very strong actors. I think that she did a good job in this movie playing two different versions of the same character. I think the one scene I really liked with her was when Steven is laying his heart out to her saying he loved her. He always loves every version of her. It like, like that is his breakup speech, not for her sake, even though she still has shit going down in her head with her version of Steven, but that's basically like them both like, doing a mirror box of of letting go yeah do you, do you know the concept of a mirror box jt i have heard it before but maybe you should okay inform me and our listeners absolutely uh so there's something that uh, happens with uh with limb amputees like let's say you lost your left arm somehow and you have phantom sensations from the lost limb like Let's say you lost it and it was in a very painful position when you lost it. Like, let's say your fist was super clenched and then you lost your arm. You will feel like your fist is clenched still and it will feel uncomfortable even though there is nothing there. Uh, A mirror box is where you put your real arm in one hole and you put your stub in the other hole. And because of mirrors, all of a sudden you see, oh, I have two hands again. And you can unclench and your brain goes oh the pain's gone now 
guess I can see that. And so because the, because her Steven's gone, his Christine's not there. They both need the breakup speech. So he does it, and it helps them both move on. Yeah. Yeah, no, I get that. And I like that. I like the concept of that. I like the fact that, that you know, she could have easily said, said she wanted to tag along with his universe and see what it's like, but no, she's like, no, I need to go and back and rebuild because five assholes that don't know shit, like, ruin their own plans in their own universe. Oh, we can handle we can handle your little Scarlet Witch dreamwalking. Yeah, how'd that work out? Yeah, I, I mean to get back to the Illuminati. Like, I I like the idea, and it proves like I love this concept of a group of people who decided that they know better, and I love that concept because I love it when their comeuppance arrives. You know, uh, now I'm surprised honestly that they haven't run into like multi multiversal variants of the illuminati in the comics because you figured that's a story waiting to happen they kind of did that with the council of reeds but i'm talking specifically the illuminati like the and the council of reeds like that's just all uh something that came in jonathan hickman's fantastic forerun folks where reed has created this uh, portal to go into the multiverse and he finds the council of reeds which is all these multiversal variants of reed richards who all decided that you know they knew better and they're going to try and fix everything and uh, he's the readest reed there is so he's the renegade oh wait a minute i'm thinking of something else yeah so i like i like the concept especially in the comics like when it was introduced uh, in the i think it was yeah brian michael bendis is like doing the the new avengers like prior to uh, the first civil war. And, you know, it was an interesting concept, like, you know, Dr. Strange, Reed Richards, Black Bolt, Namor, initially uh, T'Challa, the Black Panther and Iron Man, you know, and they're going to work behind the scenes and, you know, trade Intel and resources and just try and make it. So the next bad thing that happens doesn't happen. And it's also their fault that the secret invasion happened because they decided to, you know, walk into the scrolls house and tell them that hey knock this shit off but so i liked it here i and again i love the fact john krasinski got to play maybe it might only be this one time i'm good with that i i just wanted to see him as dot as doctor sorry mr fantastic once uh also he's the one that got dirt got done dirty the most i thought yes because you know in the flashback when they when the Illuminati tells our strange about what their 838 strange did. And like, you actually get to see black bolt unleash and annihilate Dr. Strange, like disintegrate him with his powers, which, you know, we got a couple of shouts in that series that we don't like to talk about, even though it exists. And I'm only willing to admit that it exists. Cause we got a very well realized lockjaw, and that gives them at least two points in my eyes. So we see Black Bolt get his power on. We see Captain Carter, you know, try to battle Wanda. We see, you know, Maria Rambo's Captain Marvel do it. We even get, I love this subtle little distortion on the screen where, you know, Professor X touches his head and holds his hand out like in the comics and you see the brain waves. Like, that's cool. That's something that's realized. 
you barely see him stretch his limbs before he's stretched and then cut into ribbons by the power of the Scarlet Witch. Yeah, and that's the thing is, I don't think we even really saw a stretchy uh, special effect with Mr. Fantastic until he's being turned into rubber bands. Well, you see where he kind of lands in front kind of her and of. trying to be so but that's what i mean like you got there's more the powers department there's more budget for for mr fantastic in the roger corman movie than in this movie oh, 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 oh shots fired and, and that and that is you're a, not wrong if that is adjusting wrong. that is adjusting for inflation i would have taken the special effects from the 2005 movie <laughs> but so like if I they do, if they had what's his name for the 2005 movie show up, I actually would have been more excited, honestly. Yeah, that would have been a huge stunt casting get. But yeah, uh, I mean, and even talk just again, it wasn't until you get the real close up and real. Oh my God, that's Anson Mount. Anson Mount gets to redeem his black bolt, and then he gets Agent Smith by Wanda, where his mouth is sealed up, and she's like, "What mouth? What? what? Uh, yeah, yeah, like what?" What did you say? Like what brain? Yeah, I mean, his his powers literally backfire out the top of his head. Well, uh, let, let, let me let me talk about this for a second because because the whole takedown bothers me. Because yes, I understand you have to make the Scarlet Witch the big bad scary thing, but at the same time, um, in the canon of the MCU, they made it very clear when uh, when they had when they had. Agatha Harkness talk about the Scarlet Witch, like someone who is so feared, someone who, that even the Sorcerer Supreme would not want to tangle with, you know? And so the idea is anyone in the mystical circles, the Scarlet Witch, holy fuck, we don't want to fucking tangle with the fucking Scarlet Witch. We have to, like, fucking bat down the hatches, the Scarlet Witch is coming. And then they, and then you have Mordo, like, eh, and then, and then, uh, and then Rambo, like, no, we can handle your little Scarlet Witch. Yeah, and, and see, that's where I was like, oh, you... It, see, th this is why I I love and hate characters like this, and I love it so much when they get their comeuppances, because they sit there and it's like, yeah, we got this. It's like, no, you fucking don't. Yeah, and, and the other par par problem I hate about this is... It's the arrogance is what I hate. It's not just the arrogance. It's the fact that you have the you have to have these people who show up that are only known to the the, the comic book reader fans really well and then you have them job instantly job it'd be like having someone do a debut match and they just show up the job but but all the press releases talk about how how badass they are it's like no they weren't and it it's it's insulting it's insulting and it's just meh and i just want to point out peggy carter who is supposed to be this uh, character in the movies that were taught has a has a strong moral compass you know, who gave the speech about, you know, you stand by the tree of truth and you and you say, no, you move. And then all of a sudden she pals around with a group that's called the Illuminati. Well, okay. Yeah. Again, ben, yeah, you, that, yeah. Ben, ben, you, you, that is going from the perspective that there is only one version of her story across the multiverse. This isn't even the Captain Carter from what if the, that this is, is true that's true i'm just saying now if this had been og peggy carter the woman that we all know and love and i didn't say i cry but i got choked up a little bit when she lost her mind in winter soldier and forgot steve was there because that hurts 
my grandmother didn't have that, but she had Parkinson's, and it's just to see a very strong person in my life lose to their body like that is horrible. But yeah, no, it, it, we got a little bit of her. You know, she they gave her a jetpack because obviously she's got to be getting around a little quicker. But yeah, she's taken out. She's severed in twain by her own shield. Why couldn't uh, she catch it? Like like uh, when Buck when the cat caught the shield that was thrown back in by Bucky, like. Catching it, the shield it is happens. supposed to be a thing. But yeah, uh, you know, Captain Marvel gets a statue dropped on her. Uh, now, to speak a bit about Wanda's character here, it isn't character assassination. I've seen a lot of people complain about her online in the last you know week and have changed since I've seen the movie myself. But they did do her dirty. Now, you know, as you, you and our listeners hopefully remember we, we argued about this as we often do uh, when we talked about WandaVision and I didn't think she necessarily uh, was a hero at the end, but I don't think she was a villain either. And she, she had try and go off and make up for what she's done. But like I said earlier in the show, I knew that was necessarily going to happen because she's reading from the fucking dark hold, you know, and, that was never going to end well. About the only positive thing that has ever come from the Darkhold was when Doctor Strange cast the, uh, I forget what it's called, is it an anti-vampire spell that for several years wiped vampires out from existence in the Marvel Universe. And cool. No vampires. Aces. And then eventually they had to undo that because the 90s and the Midnight Suns was coming. So we knew it even watching WandaVision, you knew it's probably not going to end well because she's using a book of evil. But it's that there's almost too wide a story. Again, it's not that we... I'm a, I'm not against doing homework between movies. You you know this. You're not a fan of it, and I recognize that. I'm not but, against doing it myself. What I'm against it is making it mandatory. Uh, I don't... But what I'm trying to say is there it's almost required reading. Like there is a Disney plus special or mentions in other Marvel media. Like there's literally nothing to connect, you know, Wanda going cuckoo for Cocoa Puffs, or sorry, I should say Cthon Puffs in the movie with what happened at the end of WandaVision. Like Fonzie had an easier time jumping that shark is what I'm saying. So, when it gets to the end of the film and she collapses the temple down on herself, which again, I can't say how much I love the design of that place, especially with like, you know, the, the cat, they probably casted digitally casted Elizabeth Olsen's face to put it on that carving in the wall. Uh, you know, she, she gets that moment of redemption where America opens a portal. She strange is like, look, Everywhere we've gone in the multiverse is somewhere we had to go, you know, and it's kind of, I think that's kind of a reflection on back to the, you know, the 14 million plus universes that he checked out in Endgame or sorry, Infinity War. But he gets America, coaches her to use her powers, just trust yourself. America sends her back to H3H. She's forced to confront herself when her sons pretty well wet themselves when they see this horror movie version of their mom come in. It's like, no, 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 it's okay, it's okay, it's okay. And then they start pitching stuff at her. And that I saw an interview with Elizabeth Olsen, that thing where she yells, stop it at them. 
that wasn't Wanda, that was Elizabeth, because the boys actually tagged her really good with that stuff they were pitching at her. But they kept it in the film because it worked. But yeah, she gets that moment of redemption where she sacrifices herself to destroy the Darkhold. Although you can't destroy evil, it's always out there. And I'm sure that there's another version of the Darkhold. You know, the prime copy, it's probably the interior of the mountain and not just that thing. Look, I'm writing the sequel already. See, the... Yeah. See, the problem I have with the homework assignments is... Is you have to slow down the movie's pace to go back and explain something the the you know the, or you or you keep passing forward and assume a certain level of knowledge that isn't there for 100 percent of the audience like you have to balance that in the in the filmmaking and either way either decision is a speed bump in storytelling um i honestly think that that having Wanda being the villain is not a bad decision in and of itself. I think that uh, WandaVision being only hinted at was probably the best decision they could make with what they had because having to explain that Wanda, you know, what she did to those people is just... It was horrible. It, it was horrible. It, it was a basically a form of hell, a form of torture where these people are literally begging her to let them die. Not even release them, just let them die. Because they're stuck in a perpetual loop where they have to play sitcom characters for her. I wouldn't even say amusement, just for her to try to feel sane herself. I mean, it, it, it's, it's, it's like a twisted, even darker, cracked mirror version of that Twilight Zone movie episode with little boy who puts people in the cornfield like it is just so evil and it, it the fact that it wasn't even quote intentional doesn't make it less evil it just makes it to where where it looks like she can't even be around polite society anymore which was what i felt like was the end of wandavision was she put herself in self-imposed exile um I feel like her being the villain again, not the worst decision, not the not the wrong decision, but I feel like there could have been steps taken to get to that end result. Yeah. Um, I also feel like, um, you know, Sam Raimi did a great job of directing Benedict Cumberbatch in Deadite Strange to do a very very good uh, uh, Bruce Campbell impersonation. Because mm -hmm. the way he was acting was just like almost pure dead-eyed ash there. You know, oh, yeah. Like with the wink and the jaw stuff. Like there's a jaw stuff that uh, Raimi has I... dead-eyes do that like it's not a dead-eyed movie, but the uh, Watch Darkman, and you know what I'm talking about. Yeah. Well, I did read uh, an interview with uh, Cumberbatch, and I've seen a video interview with uh, Raimi where he said the elements of, like, Zombie Strange were greatly inspired by slash lifted from at Bruce Campbell's uh, Dead Ash in Dead Army of Dark. Dead Eye Dash. 
uh, Dead Ash, Dead Eyed Ash, Evil Ash. There's, there, there's that guy. You know, well, give me some sugar, baby. You well, know, there's, uh, there's, there's it. Like if we're gonna talk about Army of Darkness, there's Bad Ash, Evil Ash, Dead Eyed Ash, Skeletal Dead Eyed Ash. I should know because because uh, McFarland Toys made figures for each one. Yeah, so we got uh, the dead. I, I mean, all the evil dead touches. I I don't have a problem with those because you hired the guy that created the evil dead, the ultimate experience in grueling terror. If I'm quoting the poster correctly, I, I knew that was coming. I I was looking for. I finally saw the Oldsmobile. I was like, there it is. There's my boy. Because that was the one evil dead touch that I was looking for the whole time, and I was very happy when I saw that. Uh, but I mean, overall, it's a, I wouldn't, I hesitate. I wish there was a nicer word than flawed. It's not perfect. It's not great. It's okay. But I say that in a very pleasant way, because I really did enjoy the movie. You know, uh, one thing I have, I have to apologize to Ben for folks. And I'll tell you right now, is like, you have greatly challenged me to, evolve the way I look at things in terms of why I like things. And I definitely, the last couple of things we've talked about, I definitely put that into practice. Like I still like the movie despite, you know, the rough edges and the flaws, but to speak a moment about how other fans have uh, reacted to this film, y'all need professional help because there have been people on the level of uh i don't know if do you have you heard any of the news about some of the uh, walking dead spinoffs lately just for a quick tangent no walking dead is a blur to me after like okay ever since six years ago i just stopped yeah okay so real quick they're setting up a spinoff when the parent the og series concludes where daryl who's played by norman reedus will go off to europe and you know seek adventures over there fighting the zombie scourge and originally it was going to uh, be him and this older woman character that they're i don't know what their relationship is in the show because i've never watched the series but there she passed on the series because she doesn't want to relocate to europe where they're going to shoot and that was really part of the reason norman was on that because he's married to an american german actress and he and his her and her, their kids live in europe so that's happening and then all these fans with this, and I've spoken about this before, the sense of ownership and propriety that people like you and I feel about certain things, just the, the venom and the vitriol that they have harassed all the producers, directors, actors, anyone speaking out in defense of that. I've seen people react like that to this movie because it wasn't exactly what they saw on their head. And no one seems to be willing to accept the fact that these movies are never going to be what we see in their heads. I did not expect the Illuminati to be this also ran joke in the movie. I thought it was going to be, we talked about it previously when we talked about the trailer and the posters, you know, I was hoping this was going to set up secret wars and to talk about that. Finally, it, it's setting up secret wars. Now, before I really get into that overall, on a scale of one to five of recommend or don't ever rent this, what, what are you going to tell people, Ben? 
if you are an MCU person that likes watching MCU movies, movies you're going to see it. Um, if you have a familiarity with Doctor Strange, it's not really worth seeing, in my opinion. Like, if you want to, you can. It's not a bad time, but at the same time, it's not what I would consider a definitive Doctor Strange movie that will let you get all the ins and outs and the essence of the character because I feel like it's about the MCU character Doctor Strange moving on with his shit, not about what is the essence of Doctor Strange. Yeah. I, I do feel uh, they very much got that right. Not perfectly. Like the first film, they got that a lot right. And we've all spoken very glowingly of the 2000, I think it's 2007, the animated Doctor Strange film that Marvel made went right to DVD. But yeah, so I like it. Ben's not a big fan. But to talk about the future setup, like we had Loki setting up, everyone thought, okay, they're, they're going to have this multiverse, well, what's it going to be called? It's going to be called Secret Wars. Now, there have been, what, three Secret Wars to this point, Ben? There's the original, there's the sequel with the Jerry Curl Beyonder, and then there's 2015, correct? Yes. Okay. And we have talked about Secret Wars before on the show, folks. That This is what seemingly going into it, I thought... And a lot of people thought, not so much Ben, because he has his own way of thinking, uh, that this was going to be Marvel's Christ on Infinite Earth. I looked at this and the promotional art and the story. I was like, my God, they are going to reboot Marvel. I wish I had listened to more to Ben and Red, so I wouldn't have been so disappointed. Because they did not end up rebooting Marvel other than to the extent that they wiped out the existing multiverse and then let the Fantastic Four and the Future Foundation float out in the ether for like two, three years, setting up new alternate versions of the Marvel Universe while Johnny Storm and Ben Grimm thought everyone was dead. And they mashed a whole bunch of stuff from the Ultimate Universe into 616. Well, not a whole bunch. Let, let, let's, let's okay, the, two things. Well, let, the, let, me, let me talk about exactly... See, when they had Secret Wars and they had the idea of competing universes trying to compete with top top dog, uh, you know... Uh, 616? Yeah, you know, top dog uh, status to stay alive. It kind of reminded me of DC's Annihilation event. DC's Annihilation event? Yeah, it's, it's the one where you had, like, uh, different versions of characters doing jobs for the Monitor to uh to stay alive you mean cri crisis on infinite earths no no this is this is way later this uh this is where you got post-crisis superman and lois that showed up oh infinite in... crisis well, well no it was it was actually called like annihilation or something like that it was it was uh it, it had a... when did this happen because i know these events ben i don't remember when this happened this happened before rebirth but what, convergence convergence is the name yes convergence because okay there was a great scene in convergence just as a, side, a tangent side note there was a great scene in convergence where my my superboy connell faced up against kingdom come superman and it was a great moment that shined for both characters where connell made the decision you know what okay yes i'm going to lose i will purposefully lose but he had to throw in a little bit of that snark and say, I bet you it takes, more, takes you more than one hit. Yeah. Because we're talking about, uh, well, I refuse to call him by that name. It's Super Bitch Prime forever in my eyes. Uh, 
Was it or was it Connell? It was Connell. It was. It, it was, was Connell. It was okay. completely Connell. It was completely Connell. Not super bitch. Yeah, it was Connell Superboy, that that he was facing up against Kingdom Come Superman. That was that was the matchup, and he made that decision. He's like, he's like, you are the one that has to win this one, so we so we can get a solution. But, and I'm gonna let you win. But I bet you it takes you more than one hit. Yeah, no, that that was a really good one. But yeah, so Secret Wars was this event that we thought Marvel was going to reboot their universe. Uh, but in the lead up to that, for at least a couple of years before, they built up this a long time. And this was like Jonathan Hickman again, uh, who sets up these really great epic storylines that don't always work out. Uh, I hope if they ever reboot the X-Men again, he at least comes back to finish the story. But that's besides the point. Uh, in the lead up to this, they introduced these things called incursions, where Earth 1618 and Earth 3712 will start encroaching on each other. And it's always at Earth. Like, Earth's always the focal point of these things. And if one Earth is, if any, either Earth is survived, the other has to die. And that will therefore prevent their multiversal variant dimension to survive. And if neither say neither are destroyed, then or neither succeed in destroying the other, then they're both destroyed, and the multiversal count goes down by two. And, and they're setting that up here, and they're implying that massive manipulation of the multiverse. I don't think necessarily traveling through the multiverse. Uh, at least what I got in the story was a dream walking, because it's such a perversion and violation of the fabric of reality across creation, that is a stepping stone to an incursion. America's powers are entirely natural, so that doesn't necessarily, uh, that's not going to cause that. And I think also potentially, depends how the story goes out further, using the Darkhold, because the Darkhold being this concentration of black magic uh, might also be some that tips the scale. So, I mean, Clearly, they're building with Loki and the concentration on the multiverse. Uh, we might see a Secret Wars a few years down the line. Uh, I certainly hope it goes to that. And this just the the end result is the universe, you know, pukes Galactus out to redress the balance or something like that, and might even in necessitate bringing the Eternals back into the conversation. Even though I did not like that movie very much at all. But that's besides the point. So I would definitely, personally, I would recommend if you like the Marvel movies, if you like the first Doctor Strange, give it one watch. It's a couple hours out of your life. If you don't end up liking the movie, that's cool. There's no harm in that. Unlike all the people on the internet that want the everything to burn. <laughs> right, but anyways... Um... Yeah, I think that's her feelings on Doctor Strange and the Multiverse of Madness. It's a man movie. It's not bad, but it's not great either. It's it's meh. It's like not what I was expecting. So uh, no other final thoughts for me. Uh, this is yours, Ben. JT from Saskatoon. Have a second night. So long. Peace out. All right.